Welcome to the TM Bites Podcast. This program is funded in full or part by Orange County Government. Yeah, I agree that like problem solving, I don't know if it's a skill you can teach necessarily, but I played with Legos a lot as a kid and it really, I think it helps probably with like a lot of creativity. I think like it helps that once you realize that you can solve, if, if you go about it with the mindset that like you're going to be able to solve the problem, I find that it's a lot easier to actually solve the problem. Sometimes it's just a matter of not having enough information either from coworkers or something just to better understand the problem. It makes it a lot easier to solve it once you are able to gather enough information about it. As a woman in sports working in IT for an NBA team, what would you say are some of the most challenging projects or aspects of your job? For me personally, I would say the most challenging aspect is the fact that I work for a basketball team, which means that it's not like Facebook where you have an entire network of people who are tech experts, right? So if I don't have, if I don't know how to do something, I have to Google it until I figure it out, essentially. So it might take me 20 minutes, it might take me three days. Whereas when I was interning at Facebook, if you had a question, if you weren't even sure about the best way to do something it'd be you could write the most specific convoluted like question and someone will respond to you in 20 minutes with like oh you do this because of whatever reason and so not having that like network available to you is I think the most challenging part but it also kind of like it's also, I feel, it also feels more rewarding because when you figure it out, it's just like, yes, like, figured it out, you know? I would say that's probably the most challenging aspect of it. I, I like, I think it just varies from organization to organization because you hear some teams have analytics team just for show or they, they have an analytics team, but they're not really well prepared to actually do anything with data. Whereas, like, our group is very lucky in that our front office is very receptive to data. We have a backend engineer, so we don't have a lot of those basic problems that other groups might have. That's awesome. And celebrating all the wins is important, right? So when you do find that answer on Google or whatever other resources you're using, it's a proud moment. What advice would you give to young girls who are interested in working in sports? This is always a tricky question for me because I feel like I got really lucky. So on one hand, I think you create your own luck to a degree because it, it, it takes luck to get into, to get a job in sports. But at the same time, I feel like to some degree, you kind of create your own luck. I inadvertently created my own luck when I ran into that guy and just, you know, asked him to lunch. I don't know if it's, I mean, in, in some sense, it's creating luck when I Googled him and was creeping on who my interviewer was, you know, but it still got me to be lucky, I guess. My advice for anyone who wants to work in sports, particularly like sports analytics, is to show that you can do it. A lot of people have gotten hired by having their own sports analytics blogs or creating data, data visualizations using sports data. And if you don't have access to sports data, you can use other data as well, as long as you can prove essentially like that you can do it, that you can ask good questions, that you can 
basically find interesting insights from data, people are always intrigued. If I had any advice for girls in particular, I would, it, I think it would just be like, don't be intimidated. I, I don't really have any better advice just because I've never really fit in anywhere. So I've never really noticed the lack of women in sports. I'm so used to the lack of women in sports that it's just not something that like really phases me, I guess. Yeah. And so through our organization, Texasic Girls, we're really trying to address the gender and diversity gap in STEM because it's important for us to continue to recognize that there is a gap in the industry and for us to continue to advocate and introduce and inspire young girls to pursue STEM so that they can continue to make a difference in the world. Are there any programming languages you would recommend for students who are interested in working with data, interested in building a website, and some of the other fascinating roles that you have? Yeah, it depends on where your level of skill set is. If you're starting completely from new, I would recommend something really basic like Scratch just to learn the fundamentals of coding so you don't get you know bogged down by the syntax. Because I remember when I first started learning how to code in college, it, it was... It was so hard because I didn't realize why until after where I realized I was like, oh, we were essentially writing a paper in math using a totally different language. And it was like writing in Chinese, but you also had to throw in math in there at the same time. So it was so difficult. So Scratch like really helps with that syntax issue. But I would recommend Python just because it's fairly universal in the sense of like you can do data analysis with it. You can build websites with it. And if you really want to build websites, you can start with a lot. I think a lot of blogs you can change the HTML and CSS with. And the nice thing about HTML and CSS is that, like, if you make a change, you can just refresh the page and just essentially just see that immediate change that you've made and just go back and forth until you get a better understanding of what changes you're making. Working with our middle schoolers, we do introduce Scratch to them because I agree with you 100%. It's an awesome opportunity for the students to learn the basics without getting bogged down into the actual language itself. And it makes the concepts a little bit easier too for the students to understand. If you had three pearls of wisdom that you'd like to leave with our audience, what would it be? So I'm going to I'm going to leave with three really unconventional ones, I feel like, cuz I feel like everyone says the same thing. I guess, I guess one of them would be that like I would always recommend that you just study and do it when you don't want to do it. You know, you might think that oh, if you're like in your senior year of high school, you're just like, oh, I got into college, I'm just going to coast or whatever. I don't need to study for AP exams. I would highly recommend that you do. When I was in high school, I took AP Physics C senior year, and I remember not wanting to study for it. And then I basically looked at college placement information. And if you got a five on the AP uh, Physics C exam, you place out of physics. And so I studied really hard and I got a five on it. And I'm so glad that I did because I placed out of physics at Princeton. And based off of my friend's experience in physics, like it was the most brutal thing ever with the lab and class. And if I hadn't placed out of physics, I don't know if like I would have stuck through with engineering requirements. I might have done a completely different major. I might have just not ended up in sports. I, you know, it, 
it just makes life a lot easier down the road. Where you go to college does matter. I've heard a lot of college counselors say that it doesn't matter, but I think it makes a big deal because if you get into a really good school, they will have the funding to support you for anything that you want to do, whereas the recruiters on campus will be for much better jobs. Everything is easier for your first job, which makes it easier for your next job, and so on and so on. Like It's, it's all connected whether you like know it or not, really. My second one... This isn't really like a career related thing, but it's just like a life thing that I wish I had done earlier is save early, (laughs) you know, just because compounding interest is huge. I remember when I started my first job, I didn't want to set up my 401k for a while. And every bit that you can save early on makes a huge difference five, 10 years down the line, not to mention 30 years down the line when you're significantly older, right? Starting when you're like 20 is huge. If you, Like any money you can save makes a huge difference. And then I think the last one that I would have is just don't be afraid to fail or don't be afraid to not fit in. I think I'm just like a little hard-headed in that I just wanted to play pickup basketball. It's either you play with a bunch of guys and you don't know anyone there or you just don't play at all and I'd rather just play pickup. And then as you do it more and more times, you get used to not knowing anybody. And eventually you also know the people because it's the same people who show up every time. But I think that that experience of having played pickup with strangers, especially guys who are better than you, like it, it just like forces you out of your comfort zone, which kind of expands your comfort zone at the same time. You're not as afraid of trying something new in the future. So awesome. Those are great pearls that you've shared with our audience today. So thank you. Oh, thanks for having me. It was really fun to talk to you.